This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1278 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by EquestrianCollections.com. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the S Equestrian Jumping episode held monthly, the first Tuesday of the month, on the Horses in the Morning show. Denise Wilson from Bluegate Farm explains how she keeps her training regime useful and practical for horses of varied ages and training levels. And we'll get right to our tip after this from EquestrianCollections.com. Hey everybody, Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network. I am with Debbie over at Equestrian Collections with the Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. What do we have this week, Debbie? Well, this week I want to talk about the Ovation Airform All-Purpose Clicket Girth, although it also comes That's in... That's a big, dress- long name. Yes, it also comes in dressage and other types as well. Okay. It's time to get in schooling. It's time to get back on the trail. And the thing about this girth that I find wonderful is that it has a spring load in the buckle so that it's so easy to adjust and so easy to adjust from the saddle, which oftentimes when you're on a trail ride, uh, it's, you're going to need to go ahead and adjust your girth halfway through. And this is so easy. All you do is reach down and the little a spring form a thing puts a little clicket thing in the hole and, and you don't have to get off and you don't have to worry about it. It's synthetic. It's hypoallergenic. All you have to do is hose it down. It's inexpensive. It's a schooling girth, but it comes in a lot of sizes that the other girths don't come in, um, all the way up to a 50 and a 60, wow. which you don't find. And I highly recommend it. My horse loves it. I had a hard time finding a comfortable girth for him for trail riding. I put this on it, and it's made a huge difference. You've had a couple of reviews, too, on your website. Holly says this girth is awesome. Tightening or loosening it from horseback is so easy. The price is great, too. Love it. This is around 40 bucks, people. Mm-hmm, 39.95. Yep, and that's the Ovation Airform All-Purpose Clicket Girth, and that is from equestriancollections.com. Just hop onto Equestrian Collections and type in Ovation Airform Girth, and you'll find it. I know you have a breeding operation at home, a lot of young horses, development horses coming through the ranks. So I thought it would be fun. You guys can check it out, by the way, online. Bluegate Farm is Denise's farm. It's bgfsporthorses.com. You can see what she's got going on. But I thought it would be really fun to hear from you. You've got all of these different levels of horses and development. And, you know, you're flying all over the place, going to different horse shows. How do you really find a, a middle area training-wise and maybe some exercises? Or t- talk to us a little bit about that with your business and so many different levels of horses. How you find, how, how are you able to be the trainer, rider, developer, developer for all of these different age groups? Well, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, but it is, it is definitely a formula that you have to figure out. Um, you know, one, one of the most important things having horses at all different levels is having a solid team, uh, behind you. And I have some really good people at home. I have, uh, people that take care of the horses. So if I go to one horse show, uh, say with the older horses, I know that the young horses at home are still getting well taken care of and worked. Um, it's also, 
uh, scheduling is, is a fun thing um, to try and figure out because obviously with the different levels of horses, you go to different levels of shows. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, you look at the group you have and you set goals for each individual horse. And obviously all goals have to be flexible as they are animals and not machines, but you have a general plan for, for each year. And, you know, you, when I'm at home, I, I get, I rarely have more than two weeks in one spot at home. Um, so I, I try to stay strict to a schedule and, and really try to get my work done. And then when I'm gone, I trust the team to, to keep it going so I can come back and pick up where I left off. And now you're, you obviously take your top horses on the road. I know you had quite a few down in Wellington, traveling to Ocala back and forth, doing a lot of showing yeah. with them. When you're home and you're working on the young horses, I know you've got the breeding horses in all different ages. What, yeah. what would, you, when do you say you're kind of ready and decided to take one of these young guys on the road with you? Well, that's, uh, it's something where you have to listen to the horse and know when they're ready. You know, basing in Lexington is super valuable. The farm I'm at is 10 minutes from the horse park. So when there are shows at the horse park, I, it's, it's nice to take the young ones. They ship in, they do their job, they come home, they can get turnout. Nothing's ever too stressful for them. Um, and around seven years old, at the end of the year, I start asking them to, to step up. Um, you know, as a seven-year-old, I like them to be jumping 135. Uh, some special ones will jump 140 uh, at the end of their seven-year-old year. Um, and, and they start getting more exposure and going to different shows. And I start putting a little more pressure on them so they get used to it. And then, you know, their eight-year-old years where they, they need to start putting their big kid pants on. And I just, I just stepped up a very special eight-year-old this summer into some of the grump. And that's also what, uh, it goes back to scheduling at the beginning of the summer, I set certain goals, certain Grand Prix that I knew this horse would be ready for at certain points in the summer. Um, you know, he jumped his very first ranking class, uh, which was an FEI 145 at the split rock tour in May. And then I went to Europe. So the horse had a little downtime to decompress. When I came back, he did a lot of 140 classes in in July and he did one 145 and try on and then he went home and he trained and then in August he jumped his first big Grand Prix here in Kentucky on a Sunday and the hard work paid off and he had jumped clean uh, and then he went back down took a breath uh, had a couple weeks off and then we pushed him again and we always do a warm-up with the young horses they don't jump big every class I think that can really um play a part in a horse's confidence because you don't want to challenge them every time in their in in the ring you want to make sure they are sure about themselves and like I said each horse is different so the most important thing I find is listening to each horse individually and what they need mm. yeah yeah that's very interesting now you you talked about the breaks um doing young horses myself I the the babies you know that's it's uh no brainer. It's a must. They have to have little breaks, but as they get yeah. older, when do you decide that they're due for one? And what, what is a break for maybe a five-year-old, a six-year-old, your seven-year-old, you were saying, what is, what does their rest time look like? And when do you really feel like, okay, it's time he needs a little break? 
Well, I think it all it all kind of depends on the schedule I put. Like the young five and six year olds, I don't want to overshow. Um, so I will get them their experience, and if I feel like they have put the pieces together uh, and I'm happy with their progress, they will then take a two to three week break. Uh, they might go to another horse show after that. If they've retained anything or if they need to work on something, they might do another week in a row and then have a break. Um, and and really, it's it's hard to to tell exactly what um, you know. Every horse needs two weeks. Every horse needs three weeks. It all depends on the individual mind of the horse um, and and kind of what your goals are. Uh, I have a six year old right now that I find very special. And so now he's going to be, he's had a break for the last month. Um, and he's going to do try on in two weeks, but he's going to do open classes. He's going to do an open 130 to prepare for the seven year olds. And then he will do try on, have all of December off to, to stay fit and get his body uh, rested and healthy and strong. And then he'll be able to debut the seven year olds in January. Wow. So he'll have a break uh, after the training before coming down to do his, his biggest classes of his career to yeah. date. Yeah. Yep. Nice. And so when they're home on break, do they do flat work? They do training. What do you, is it kind of case by case? Um, a lot of flat work. Uh, I, I do like to supplement using a Pessoa rig. I find especially young horses that might be a little weak behind, um, can benefit with that because, one, you give their, their backs a break of having the weight of a rider on them. Um, and if they are struggling to, to build that strength behind, they might fight, fight the rig a little bit. And then you, take, you, you end up letting them fight themselves so they don't resent a rider pulling on their mouth while they're trying to figure their balance and strength out. Um, I like to do that once or twice a week. Um, but flat work for me is the most important and do hill work, which I'm sure any any rider will know is good for um, you know a horse's strength behind. Trotting up hills is is one of the best things you can do for developing a young horse's hind end. And if you don't have hills, there's other things you can do. Um, I like to do trot cavalettis, uh, which is a something I learned from. I know another um, person that comes on this show, Reese uh, Koffler Stanfield. And I, uh, I also like to do other Cavaletti work at the canter within the flat work. For me, that's not necessarily jumping. The Cavalettis are two feet off the ground and you can really learn a lot about where your horse is in, in rideability just by putting mm-hmm. two Cavalettis up and trying to practice going forward and leaving a stride out or coming back and adding a stride in. For, for me, when I'm home, I don't have always have someone on the ground telling me what to do. So sometimes I have to find ways to check my work, check, check my work and see if I'm doing enough, see if I have the rideability I want. And that's a really easy way to do it without putting too much stress on the horses. And that way I can kind of gauge where I am in each horse's process. Yeah, that, that is really nice. Absolutely. Because that's sort of the the balance, wouldn't you say with, with your horses, um, you know, as they get older, you've got to, I mean, even the younger ones as well, you've got to keep training and keep creating those exercises 
for them and for yourself, but without all the constant pounding of the big jumps and then the, the right. pressure and the stress and the horse show ring relief. But, you know, gosh, it takes a lifetime of the, of the animal to really learn all the little nuance of like you're saying, moving up, leaving one out, settling, adding one, you know, these are all real life situations that they're going to encounter. And, and we've got to keep just developing, but that's, would you say that's kind of your management as the horses get older is kind of managing the, the pounding? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't like to overjump my horses at home. Um, you know, I also want to make sure show and ready. If you're at a show, you shouldn't be training. You should be there ready to compete, um, with older horses. Um, and so at home, if I have a two week break in between shows, I usually do not jump, um, anything over a Cavaletti, uh, the first week they're home. And then they usually do one day of grid work the second week, and then they'll jump maybe uh, a course the, the next time, or it might be a course first and then grid work before they go to the show. Um, you know, and obviously you set up a grid with each horse in mind. I don't find a lot of exercises should just be cookie cutter. I think you have to really know what each horse needs to learn and needs to work on to get the most out of a jumping session because it's very important not to jump the horses too much because you don't want to wear their legs out and you don't want to get them body tired. Um, and so it's, it's just a delicate balance of getting enough work in without sacrificing the horse's health. Do you, yeah. um, do you mind if I jump in? Uh, do you have a, a specific kind of outline that you follow or is it just look at it and see what you're going to do today? Uh, I have, I kind of, at each week, I have a general idea of, okay. of which, which horse is going to do what on each day. Um, and then I always have a general idea of like one Grand Prix horse uh, that I needed to work on boxers out of combinations. I was getting a little, I uh, wasn't quite getting across as much as I'd want to. So I knew in my mind, I was going to practice an oxer, oxer, oxer. You know, nothing huge, but low and wide to to figure out how to get him to stretch across. Mm -hmm. And so what I would do is I, I rarely jump on a Tuesday um, because all the horses have off Monday. And I find it very important that the horses are flatted a day before they jump. Mm -hmm. uh, this also decreases a risk and injury because the horses are looser and, and all of that. Um so I, I just, I tend to jump, you know, maybe a little bit Wednesday or Thursday and then the bigger stuff or, or really if I need to jump heavy and train something, I save that for Friday or Saturday. Okay. Interesting. And then I have a question. What about when you're gearing up, you're talking about that last jump school, whether it be before or after your grid work, what, I mean, I guess it depends on the, on the horse, but how do you decide what height that school is? Definitely depends on the horse. Uh, it depends on what they're going to show in the next week. Um, and also what I feel underneath me at, at in that moment. If I feel that they're jumping, well, they're jumping plenty high, maybe they need to jump a little wider versus taller. Um, you know, the, I, I do personally do not jump very big at home. Um, I think it's important sometimes with young horses in a, in a nice, easy situation to teach them to jump bigger. Um, 
But as far as my, my older horses, I jump 140, 145 maybe um, when they're gearing up. But I do, like I said, I do that rarely and maybe once a week um, just to make sure they're, they're honest and on it and, and all of that. But uh, I like to save the big jumping for the show. Nice. Well, this is good. I mean, you're doing an incredible job. You've got a lot of success with a lot of different horses, ages and types. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's been fun and it's been something I've worked towards for the last few years. So I feel uh, lucky and very fortunate to have the, have the group that I have right now. And I think I'm, I'm gearing up for a really exciting winter. Well, there you have it. You can find links to today's guests as well as lots more tips at horsetipdaily.com. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of equestriancollections.com and listeners like you. Learn how you can help support Horse Radio Network programming and qualify for auditors-only perks by going to horsetipdaily.com and clicking on the Become an Auditor banner in the center of the page. This is Coach Jen, and I'll be back again soon with another tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.